Welcome back. This podcast is scheduled for one fall. With a 60-minute time limit coming out of the black corner to combine weight of 666 pounds, recording to you from the Mojo Dojo Casa House. I'm your boy, Xander Hobbs. This is... Bobby, the Lost Van Eric B. And once again, we're bringing you another edition of the... Wrestleocalypse. It is upon us. And not only is the Wrestleocalypse upon us, but the holiday season is in full swing. Happy holidays to all of you out there, however you choose to celebrate it. Hope it's a good one. We've got a lot of shit to unpack, as usual, with cool shit and the mailbag and everything in between. So let's just get right into it. Absolutely. The C2 Cup, Continent or C2, whatever they're calling it, Continental Cup, had a thrilling uh, pseudo end on Dynamite and what we have left for world's end is the most AEW Tony Khan way to finish an epic tournament. We have a fatal three-way or triple threat or whatever you want to call it. But basically, um, nobody drew, drew. They each lost once and we have the undefeatable mocks versus the people's choice Strickland. Yeah. Versus uh, crowd favorite, Jay White. Jay White. I mean, maybe that's Russell Ockham's favorite. We love Jay White. We recognize how good he is. Yeah. Um, and certainly what I would prefer if this was just a, it was just Strickland versus White. Which would be, I think, a match that everyone in a pay-per-view, give them time, let them go to town would be amazing. Right. I mean, it's of course this ends up in a, fatal or a triple threat match and which is lazy ass booking because Mox can't ever seem to take a loss. And it's just like, it's time to start making way for new people. Mox is no, not taking anything away from Mox, but he's been carrying the load for a long time. He's been one of the people doing it. It's time to pass it on. Strickland's the guy he's over. He's good in the ring. Cuts a good promo has the look. That's just Dude, the crowd. The, the crowd salivating with the mjf strickland interaction yes that was like, great like that was just like oh my god is this what we're gonna get in the new year right like, samoa joe's not taking the strap off of MJF, no obviously. not even close that was a great back, backstage segment with strickland and um mjf like i would say probably one of the best we've seen from AEW in a very long time it, it was just so organic that's how it was like you can tell these guys have chemistry and they haven't even stepped into the goddamn ring no, but they're both, they're like, they're the future, right? Like, Absolutely. Um, yes. Um, I am excited about the match. It's going to be a good match. There's probably going to be some sort of weirdness with it. Um, obviously, Mox isn't going to take the pin to lose, which I don't, I mean, I feel if I stuck in a corner, what? Strickland pins white. I mean, that's what it looks like it's going towards. I mean, if, if we're going on this Tony Khan booking, like if anything, I don't know. It's just wouldn't be the when the swerve be that fucking uh, Strickland just just pins Moxley clean. I mean, Moxley wouldn't lose anything out of it, and that would elevate Strickland uh, even more that it, or even more so than he's already is. So I mean, I just he just wants to like keep every book everyone safe. It reminds me of like WWE fifty fifty booking, but it's only like. 
he's only like doing it to Mox. He's only protecting Moxley, who doesn't need any protection at this point. Yeah, no, I agree. It's weird, but um, I think it's still a great opportunity for Strickland, and right. I feel all signs point Strickland going over, and that is this is a great thing. 2024 should be the year of shot of uh Strickland, yeah, in my opinion. He's just he's ready, and again, like we talked about the organic chemistry that MJF and him have, and MJF has gotten a lot better in the ring. Yes, he has. he's gotten more and more reps with really good wrestlers. And I know that Strickland and him could have a good match. Oh, absolutely. So it wouldn't be like, you know, it would, I think it would be fitting. It would be a fitting way for MJF to drop the strap. But it'll be probably done in some wacko weird way that doesn't take anything away from MJF. He probably won't, you know, just the whole thing. Like, like Moxley, like, oh, yeah, I cheated to get Strickland because I needed to show him that you don't know. Like, that's so stupid. It's I just hate a that shit. freaking cop out like it's just it's dumb that's what it is yes but i can say that um one of the best contemporary actors samoa joe who's also doing the lord's work when the aew the way he has really embraced and sunk his teeth into this like kind of odd storyline they've built with mjf like i'm going to get you but i'm going to protect you until i do and it's really worked well to build up this devil. Like, I feel that with Samoa Joe, the devil, the whole devil thing has actually gotten better. Right. I think it has. And that's like a testament because it was kind of a janky ass thing. Like, what is this? I, didn't, I wasn't really too into it in the beginning of it. I wasn't either. It's like it's gotten moving. It's built some momentum. It's been pretty good. It's one of the few good things that AEW is doing right now. Yes. Yes. Um, I agree with that. I also think that um, they continue to do good work in the women's division. Well, yeah, because Tony Storm. Well, because Tony Storm also like it's good to have Thunder Rosa back. Oh, that that too. Yeah, it's good to have Rio that. back and having like they, they're they're putting people where they need to be. There's main eventers. There's up and comers. Obviously, also we're not gonna, uh, you know, um, the whole like. What is it? Sky blue and Julia and, um, Hart. Yeah, that, that stuff is good too. Like yeah, both belts, both belts are interesting. Yeah, that, I have to agree with that. So, which is probably more than can be said about the men's division. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing outside of like the men's division with the devil storyline is this Continental Cup, but like that even is turning into like some kind of a. It's not a mess, but like it's just not we're not finding like a solidified winner in this. Like someone's going to, someone's going to be asked out that didn't get pinned and lost. And then we're just going to be back to that. But like, I think he can fix right the ship. If he has Strickland coming out on top of this, that's what I think. I do too. I think Strickland coming out on top is the way to go. I think they have a lot of work to do as well, because it's like, they've got the side story with like Wardlow. Right. Right. They're like, Oh, what? oh sorry. Yeah, so remember when we like shot you to the moon? Sorry, we totally forgot about you. Let's try mm-hmm. to like do this again. So there's like that whole thing, which is kind of weird. And then I don't know what they're going to do with Jericho. Yeah, I that's mean, that's kind of up in the air because of um, Omega. Omega, right. And so, and I agree. I don't know. I think he was on what, Chris Van Fleet. And I agree with what he said. He said straight up, he's like, if I die today, 
everyone is going to say I'm the one of the best who's ever done it. And I oh, goddamn yeah. agree with that. I agree with him. I agree. And we've been, we have, in our the history of our podcast, we have equally criticized and um, gave Chris his flowers. If oh, you know. absolutely. We've been, you know, we've been we, more than fair. Yeah, we call like we see it. And honestly, a lot of times he's in my Mount Rushmore. He's that fucking good. He's so good. He's been around so long. But as we said last time, this particular iteration of his character is lacking. Yeah, not not as good. It's it's usually lacking when he's like a baby face this this time around, like since a since he's been in AEW, his baby face runs haven't been the best. I liked when the inner circle initially turned baby face, but then it lost steam really quick. But I think he always even just all in general together, Chris Jericho does his best work as a heel, I think. But like it's hard for him to be a heel these days because he's so revered by everyone. So it's hard to boo the guy. Yeah, that's what Chris Van Fleet was saying. He's like, he's like, my wife doesn't like wrestling. And I told her, I was like, hey, watch this. Watch what happens. And like, if you're in the crowd, how do you not sing all the lyrics to the yeah. song? Right. Oh, like, of course. so it's like, and he was the first cheat, like everything about AEW, he was a cornerstone too. So yeah. It's just interesting to see, like, you know, again, like creative is failing him, and maybe he has a lot of input to it. So you know, Chris, you can do better. Like some of, I think this shit's a little bit lazy, um, but we will see how that goes. Um, I think the last thing I wanted to touch on with AEW is kind of this, like, I think it really, it is. Uh, it seems to be a continuing issue. Like, you know, we talked about Wardlow, Wardlow shot to the moon, had this great program. And then dies. Uh, Jack Perry has this incredible match to get over against Luchasaurus. And then, like, they turn him into this super douchey, snarky heel, which he's terrible at. And then, obviously, the CM Punk issues. And then you look at, you know, what's, I was going to say, the Orange Cassidy thing. Orange Cassidy was put in so many main event matches and was able to prove himself so many times. And now he's like, he's like doing backstage joke things with Danhausen and the Von Eriks. And it's just like, I don't understand why they keep doing this. They elevate and then like pull the rug out from underneath. Because, because Tony Khan is a matchmaker and he's not a booker. He doesn't know how to book. That's just God, straight man, up. We need that for a shirt. Yeah. He just doesn't know how to do it. Like, I'm not saying that we know any better than him, but it's just like, I definitely get someone that had experience in booking if I had his money and if I was running the company. So I don't want to sound like I, we know everything here, but it's just like, you got to make it make sense. You, the math has to math. And, and for the most part, it's not, and it hasn't been. No. And it's a television series. We've talked about it. It's like, but he's writing too many shows. He's got this one. He's got rampage. He's got collision and it's all him doing it. Like, yeah. So that writing one show is hard enough. So I was on the threads machine. And I think ringside news asked the question, like what, like, you know, all of a sudden WWE's ratings are up and AEW's are down and the honeymoon is over. What happened? And I just, I replied, it's like WWE creative is better. is stronger now. And AEW's is weaker. Yeah. Like, 
when AEW was waxing the floor, like you had this really dynamic storyline with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, which is one of the, which is oh, to me going to be of the last 10 years, one of my favorite long term. You talk about like storytelling. Yeah. Like amazing, right? And then, you know, it just, it switches, it switches. And then Triple H just takes over and, you know, they, they're they able to keep putting juice into the Bloodline story, thanks to Sami Zayn, really, like, over the last year. Yeah. It was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and all these things. So it's just interesting, like, wrestling, no one's ever dead. They're never dead. No, but it's, it's just, just like... a matter of, like, are you catching good storylines and are you making good programming? Because a wrestling fan is going to watch what's his what's good a true wrestling fan is going to watch what's good yeah and to be honest with you we all knew or we kind of had a feeling that once triple h gained the full book that he was he was just going to outclass tony khan because it's like it's no comparison like triple h like has his ear to the ground he knows what to do for business purposes and he knows when to give the fans what they want and it's not just fan service the whole time i feel like tony khan is just doing fan service to this little group of people that that are on the internet and it's and it's reflecting because no one's really watching the show except for those people that'll watch whatever he puts on the screen and you know as a wrestling fan myself tony khan is i've said this before has actually ruined what a, a fantasy booking match was because it's like it's just too many like oh this match could be cool let's put this match together just because and it's just like you got to have some substance behind it and i just know that from my years and years of watching wrestling and knowing what I've liked, you know, it's just like look down the list with what you mentioned with the Omega Hangman storyline, with the McMahon Austin storyline, how long that went, how much legs that did, the corporation, DX, like everything. Like, so yeah, you gotta give to, too much, he gives too much shit away for free. Like true too. That's you can't that's, just have some shit on some fucking dynamite and call it like winter is coming and it's like this is it's like no it's not special it's not and then you're like you know it's like why why are edge and christian not like why are you putting them together in a match like and it was a legitimate match it wasn't like we're gonna get them together but it's gonna like you know it's like it just makes it's frustrating but at the same time it's like i'm not gonna say you go back in the archives like we love the Forbidden Door shit. Yeah. Like he's put together great matches and and I like AEW. I'm not shitting on it. I'm not hating on it. But the question was, why are ratings what they are? And I'm going to break it down straight up like this. There's X amount of people who are going to always watch AEW. There's X squared people who are always going to watch WWE because it's a longer promotion. And then in between are like people who are going to go either way based on what the program's doing. Right. And that's right. going to swing the ratings. And when shit's good on AEW, they're going to watch AEW. And when shit's good on WWE, they're going to watch WWE. And right now, shit's better on WWE. Yeah. Plain and simple. They've, just, got, they've got better storylines. They've Their top wrestlers are, are at the top of the car doing great things. And they have everybody where they should be. Right. And that's just what it is, man. But you know what? They all need to be sweating. M L W. Yeah, that's gonna be a good um it's gonna be a good match. And I don't know who else is on the card, but I just saw that match. We got a returning Matt Riddle 
King of the Bros. His yeah. OG original straight out of the UFC character going against the Samoan werewolf. Jacob Fatu. That's going to be a good match. It's going to be a good match. I'm really excited. They're getting a lot of good players. Um, I think they are set up and ready to go to make a big push and get back into kind of the dis- the wrestling discourse in 2024. So I'm excited about that. Um, so I am, but I did jump ahead of a few things. Um, WWE does still have some good things. Like you said, Nakamura and Cody Rhodes is a good segue. Biding time for him until Cody Rhodes can hopefully finish his story at WrestleMania. Um, but really, what is the highlight? It's the the greatest. Uh, what what is the championship that they kept fighting all the time and turning over? The but our truth, seven title, the our truth title is what the twenty four seven title. Yes, the 24-7 title. The greatest 24-7 champion is now a cornerstone of the Judgment Day. Absolutely. God, that's it's so fucking great. Like it's, it's this just, is why AEW's ratings are down because Triple H can do shit like this. Just like, hey, Ron, get out here, do your shit, truth. Like he's so fuck. It's so amazing. He's so and good, dude. Like he makes all those guys like break character. And like you just can't help but laugh, dude. Like I just, I just it make it adds another wrinkle into the Judgment Day, and it just makes it that much more entertaining because now they have to deal with truth, and like they even kicked his ass and he thought he got jumped in. Hilarious! It's gold. <laughs> the real Ron Killings. I think that's what his sandal is. Yeah, and it's really good. Like our truth had a moment. Like go back and look, dude. Our truth is he can go. He's like he's not a bad wrestler by any means. No or anything and i just love that he like many others who have been around for a long time he just sinks his teeth in the shit that they give him right and it works yeah it does work but last question before we wrap up the first half which tourney has been better continental cup or the u.s title tourney obviously u.s title tourney we haven't talked about quite as much but it's had good matches, including the one we just we talked about earlier, which is the Kevin Owens versus Carmelo Hayes, um, which is actually a really good match. Kevin Owens begrudgingly gave him the handshake at the end, which is, uh, you know, just another way that Carmelo Hayes is slowly going to be uh, integrated into the main roster, which he should be. Yeah, he's excellent. Yeah, um, a good match with Grayson Waller, too, the week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. I would say I think match-wise, the Continental Cup has been better because they've had one more matches too. Uh, just some really great ones. I think as far as like booking-wise, story-wise, I think the U.S. title tourney makes a lot more sense. There's a lot less people. It's a lot less convoluted. There's no points. It's just like you win a match, you move on, and we're going to have this, yeah. this showdown, right? Yeah. Which is probably more palatable for the for most people. So. You know, take that, take that for what you will. I guess the last thing is before I move on, I, I'm sorry. Did you see NXT? What do you think about the um stretcher storyline of Dragonov? Yeah. People are up in fucking arms about that shit. Yeah, people are I mean it, it it's it's an angle, right? Right. And I think their thing is like, well, 
like, you know, Big E broke his fucking neck. Exactly. So it's like a callback, but like, but not necessarily when people are in like. I don't think I, people should be surprised that WWE does something like that, though. They've always done that shit. You know, so I I wasn't surprised and people were like thinking that it was real. I was like, dude, it's a fucking angle, bro. Like, come on. I he he's fine. I I think it's all part of the game. Like, you know, that's I'm interested to see what happens next week. But let's t- let's hit this one really quick. Um the one um speaking of three ways. Oh yeah. That's right. Uh Friday night. The mood is right. Going to have some fun. Show them how it's done. It's fucking SmackDown. And what they've done, we had Roman Reigns in the building. And on SmackDown, what our new, what Nick Aldis, apparently a much stronger GM than Adam Pierce. Pierce. Um, What he set up is we've got a Orton LA Knight and the new return phenomenal one in his in his black hooded robe slash whatever it was, lone wolf status, AJ fucking styles, all chomping at the bit to get at the tribal chief. And so at um what is it? It's like it's it's the the SmackDown after New Year's. It's like revolution, yeah, or whatever the fuck they're calling it. Yeah, they're calling it day one. There's gonna be a three-way between those which is going to be a fucking phenomenal match see that's not lazy booking because that is not lazy. you see where the difference of this is because all three of them want to get after roman reigns they can't do it all at once because they would have been lazy if they put him in a fatal four-way they're going to have one they're going to fight to have a one-on-one match that's how you do it and and it's not after they all have five matches Right. This is a singular thing. AJ Styles came back. He whipped some ass. There's there's beef. They all came in together. He made the booking. It's perfect. It's I, it's it's exactly I, in this situation what you need, right? Exactly. I like the Nick Aldis character. I do too. I was just gonna say that. So I I'm I'm happy with that. I like that he's challenging Roman Reigns. I like just the whole thing. It's like, and this is what they've been able to do, right? They just inject enough juice into this bloodline thing to keep, to keep it, it on life support and keep yeah. it moving. And I also like the whole thing, like, oh, Solsko is going to be the next tribal yeah. chief, which is like cool. Like, we obviously, everyone's known that. Um, yeah. But it's cool that they play it out. Like, you got to play it oh, out. Yeah, you got, yeah, for sure. So I enjoyed that. And I think you're right. Like, I am looking forward to both the Raw and um, SmackDown after the first of the year. Absolutely. I think next week they said it's just going to be like best ofs. Oh, yeah, because like all these were pre-tapes. Yeah, which makes sense. Oh, no, yeah. Well, you know, Triple H has given them some time off for the holidays. So well, well earned. Yeah, but don't give Liv, don't give Liv Morgan too much time off. No. But luckily for her. President Biden has pardoned everybody who ever like was convicted of marijuana thing. So, right, free live, free live hashtag free live Morgan worked. It did. Green Christmas, 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 Christm
your favorite segment my favorite segment bobby's favorite segment the dark lord's favorite segment and jolly old saint nick's favorite segment what do we like to call it we like to call it cool shit which is apropos this time of year oh yeah and cool shit even especially during this time of the year what does it always start out with the motherfucking mailbag perfect and the first one is from obviously our favorite um Red clad, uh, possibly mythical character, uh, Jolly Old Saint Prick. He asks or says, Seasons greetings. I've been a CM Punk fan since his ROH days and still am, despite how he can be at times. Oh, my question is, how do you guys feel about him being back in WWE? Um, I'm cool with it if he can do business, you know. I, I don't see it being a bad thing at this time until he gets upset about something, but he's already in a program with Seth Rollins. I see that being good. And, you know, Triple H is going to have him, like Bobby said, like in the past couple episodes, have him on a short leash. So like Seth Rollins said, this is his last time, last chance. So you can't fuck this up. And despite how we feel about him, I still think he, he has a spot there because he brings in fans he moves the needle. I guess like his return on Raw just did a crazy internet numbers. So like people, I mean he he should he is a needle mover still. People he still has fans. So he's a very polarizing figure. But if the Triple H is like Vince, if he can make money and he can do business, then do it. And now I'm all for that. Yeah, I mean, I think. My general feeling is I think he kind of got rewarded for being a bad actor at AEW, <laughs> you know? And I think in the end, it's like, he's a factional there. He has a factional fan base. So like, again, when you talk about ratings, like fans are going to follow him. They, they like, like you, Jolly Old St. Prick, you like it from ROH. You remember that I love the pipe bomb promo you know, you had the merge for me, you know, you agreed with all the shit he said when he was burning down WWE, you know, fuck the young bucks, they're assholes. And yeah, Colt Cabana's a dick and he's back and like, yeah, all shucks, man. It's awesome. He loves WWE now. And you know, it, it's, you know, there's lots of actors like Charlie Sheen. He was a shithead. No one liked him, but if you can do good on TV and make it an entertaining product, there's no reason not to like him. Exactly. I think the guy's an asshole. Is, I think the guy's an asshole. I'm not going to ever buy his popsicle. I'm not going to shop at his fucking comic store. I'm goddamn not going to buy one of his shirts. But as far as a wrestling fan and, and you know, he's awesome on the mic. He's a great character. Yeah. Part of it is getting the crowd behind you. He can do all of that. He's good. And to be with Seth Rollins, who is 
granted far superior to him in almost every way as a professional wrestler at this point. Um, he's still going to bring something to the table, which not many people can say that, right? Like, so I, I agree. Like, I like the fact that he's in WWE, but I have no, I have no um, delusions about who fucking CM Punk slash Phil is these days. I mean, yeah. And you like, know, that's just the reality. Like the thing is too, I, I tend to put aside what people's personality is, unless it's really bad. If they're entertaining, then, I, then like, I'm going to watch them. Like I listen to Guns N' Roses is one of my favorite bands. Axl Rose is a complete asshole. Still listen to them. So am I going to be buying shirts? Probably not, but I'm still going to be tuning into the matches and seeing what he's got. So I think as long as he can do business, I'm cool with it. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Right. And probably our biggest criticisms of him from AEW is it didn't seem like he was willing to sit down and do business. He felt he was bigger than the promotion. Not only that, it's also too that Tony Khan didn't know how to handle that. Like I said, we can go back to the Matt Hardy edge Lita thing. Those two hated each other. Edge fucked his girlfriend on the road while he was injured. And they got into a limousine and made business. Tony Khan could have done that if he had the balls, but the young bucks are his friends and he doesn't want his, you know, so he does, he doesn't have any balls to do that. That could have, that could have totally taken AEW through the roof and put them over. It's how the the elite versus CM Punk, FTR, all that shit, that would have been gold. That's all a dream, a pipe dream now. Pipe dream. Yeah, it's never, it's never going to happen in an alternate universe, in an alternate universe. You know, um, but like I said, I think there's some really good programming to be made and things that are going to be like Seth Rollins, CM Punk, day one of WrestleMania should be the main event. I, I, like, I don't see it. I don't think that. there's anything they have in front of them. What else be would better be better than that? Yeah, there's nothing else. Unless they do some crazy thing with the women's division and they want to do that again. But I don't think that's going to happen. Although their women's division, they are getting back on track. But anyways, we're going to go move on. We can't get sucked into these, you know, these jolly on St. Prick questions. We got to move on to the Grinch was right. He was right. He showed the who's they didn't need all the presents and the boobastics and wacko wackos and and certainly not the roast beast. Roast no. Beast is a feast that I can't stand in the least. But anyways, what he or she asks is, or they ask, a ton of wrestlers are soon to be free agents. But the one I want to talk about is Alex Hammerstone. Where do you think the best fit for him would be to hit his full potential? Anywhere that doesn't one. test for drugs, apparently. Yeah, that's a tough one. Because both main, both, AEW and WWE are fully bloated and they have storylines going right now that like can't inject anyone new. I think, I think he would be the best fit for WWE post WrestleMania. I think that would be the time. And I think it would do him, do him good to get some reps in NXT. Maybe to have a run there. What do you think about him coming out for Royal rumble? I don't think the crowd, I don't think a lot of the people, the crowd knows who he is. I know it would be like eight, when they brought AJ Styles out, and it was like, who, who, who's well, there? The like five guys, were like this guy is better than everybody on the roster. Well, you know when AJ debuted, um, Vince wasn't originally going to do much with him, but because of the pop he got at Royal Rumble, Vince changed his mind. Then how good he wrestled Shane. 
So he like put him through all these tests mm. to see if he could like wrestle well. But back to Hammerstone, I think I think my answer is NXT run with the NXT title and then main roster WWE because AEW is just going to be is not going to do any well as of right now. Nothing's going to happen to him there. Yeah, I agree with that. I want to say I just saw that AEW signed another Japanese wrestler. <laughs> that no I'm one. Trying to, I'm trying to. I literally, it was like I I saw it on like I think threads. It was like because they don't have enough talent? Question mark. I know, right? But the thing is, they do, they need more talent, and they need because they got three goddamn shows they're trying to do. But anyways, I agree with that. I think Hammerstone's wrestling style is ta- tailor made for WWE, right? As is his look, yeah. Which we don't like to talk too much about male's body, but. I mean, his look is exactly what they That's often what they, like. Yeah, he's. he's I like. I like his move set and everything about him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But I mean, honestly, like if he's getting the money he wants, like stick with MLW, dude. Like I think he said he wanted out though on this next. Yeah, one. I think so too. Waters. That's you know, all. he was like, "What they had it? They're having him do this weird thing with the like." the sports entertainers or whatever, like faction that's not MLW. Um, but I'm yeah, sure like, really, hey. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on in MLW right now, so. No, uh, I think I'm going to start tuning in on this. got to tune uh, back in. With the the king of the bros versus Fat 2. Yeah, that's going to be Which great. is also interesting because Fat 2 is like all over social media, like, bloodline, baby, I'm here. Sign me up. Yeah, that would just make it go even longer. I know. I know. What is Solo Sokoa is the one who takes the fucking belt off Reigns? I mean, I'd be be anticlimactic. It would be anticlimactic, but like it would be good for the company because they're putting it on like an up and coming guy, and that's going to just put him through the stratosphere if if he does it. So I wouldn't be too mad at it. Because I'd see the bigger picture. Because well, like, so what? Then Cody, then Cody Rhodes, like my story's not done yet. I have to I just he go. has to win. But I think I think just for like since that for storyline purposes, they have to have Cody do it. I think they have to have Cody for it because everything I've ever known about or come to know about WWE, and I don't give a shit who's running the show or whatever. There is a DNA to their show and their thing, and this man who has a legacy a multi-generational legacy in the company in wrestling who is suited and booted great with the media great with the kids everything about it he has to be the guy he's got to be the guy he has to be be the fucking guy he has to be if not it's going to be a waste i don't think he'll get back on track well, it's almost like, why'd you even come over? If you're not going to win this title and you put yourself out of the title at AEW, like, I mean, put the fucking Bullet Club boots back on. Go to MJP, go back right. to Japan, win a title. But, yes, that's, I don't know about Hammerstone. Um, I would like to probably see him stay in MLW. Knowing he wants to get out, I don't think there's any room for him in AEW. I think he probably wants a bigger spotlight than Impact gives, though I feel he probably fits Impact. Um, but it's crazy. Like, you want to get out of MLW? It's like, dude, you got the King of Bros. You got Sammy Callahan now. You got a fucking 
I think he's just done everything he has to do over there, you know? Um, yeah, and you just want a bigger platform, right? You just yeah. want to be it's time to move on. Yeah, I don't I don't uh I don't hate on him by any means or begrudge him for it, but all right, last question before we move on. Fourth Wiseman, what's up, guys? This is a non-wrestling question, so I hope that's okay. I was just wondering how you guys spend your holidays, tradition, events, etc. Thanks for the content. Holidays are basically a, a 48-hour um, Iron Man where we go basically to everybody's, all of our family's houses. We run everywhere around because, you know, everyone's local. So, of course, you should come by. And so uh, tomorrow is uh, church with my mom, then dinner at Betty's aunt's. And then it's open presents in the morning and then up to Betty's mom's and then to my parents and then back to Betty's mom's. And at the end of the whole thing, it's like, oh, my God. When's the 26th going to get here? Thank the Lord for Stizzy. Thank the Lord for Stizzy. Yeah, um, not too much. I work tomorrow and then just to my parents' house Sunday or Monday. And that's about it. I don't like to do too much. Yeah. But anyways, that was our mailbag. Maybe send us what you guys do during your holidays. Tell us what your traditions are. We're not really holiday people, so but we do like spending time with the family. So, But tell us what you guys do. Or send in your questions or send in your comments to Xander Hobbs, under Instagram, that's X-A-N-D-E-R underscore H-O-B-B-E-S. Bobby, where can they find you? Wrestleocalypse, spelled like it sounds, and it's on the threads and Instagram machine. Also, we will be um, expanding to the YouTube, and I believe that channel is already set up. We've got a few of our COVID-era episodes on there, um, but I think it's called uh, Xander and Bobby's Wrestleocalypse on the YouTube. So you can find us there 2024 YouTube is ours. Make sure when you, if you haven't already to like follow and give us a five star review. So that boosts us up in the algorithm, but and share this shit. Yeah, Your friends too. need to hear this. Absolutely. Absolutely. On to this one. I've been waiting for this uh, match of the week because everybody's been watching, waiting. This is, this shit's in square. This isn't one by one. Yeah. Uh, that's how old this is. Letterbox. I just decided to do it in honor of the Iron Claw movie that just came out recently. So I thought this was apropos. This is the day. This is the David Von Erich Memorial Show. And it's Ric Flair, who is the NWA champion at the time, going up against Kerry Von Erich, who you'd later know in the WWF at the time, the Texas Tornado. But here he was the modern day warrior, Kerry Von Erich. Um, Bobby, I know I sent this to you earlier in the week. What did you think about this? I haven't seen this match in a long time. I've never seen this match. Um, it takes you back to just like a forgotten era of wrestling. But what's fucking bonkers to me is the crowd. Right. Like, and the ring seems so much smaller. And obviously, again, it's like the production is different. Modern day wrestling, like mm -hmm. one of the things we've always criticized AEW, but lauded WWE is like 
the way they shoot it, the way everything is. And this is like, this ring looks like this fucking big. Yeah, it looks like it looks tiny and it really puts Vince, Texas Stadium, dude. Yeah, it really puts Vince McMahon's vision into perspective when you look back on it, because it's like, although this was a prime match, Vince always wanted to get away from, quote, wrestling. And he wanted to to be like he wanted to have it be more of a spectacle as this was, though, because this was a this was a very big match and it was important. Because this was after David Von Erich passed away at 25, 24, I believe. Yeah, from, the, uh, from my research, he was supposed to get the title. Right. He was like, the guy that, he was the best out of the, all of them, supposedly. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, to me, this is what, like, one, I think this is super apropos. Again, we got to get on the same schedule. We got to go see that movie. Right. Just came out yesterday, widely, so... We're recording this on Saturday the 23rd. So um, Ric Flair has become a caricature caricature of himself. But when you go back and you understand why he is the only non-erasable member of anybody's Mount Rushmore. Yeah. He cannot be removed. You can put everybody else around him, but it's like time and time again, he goes and does things that have never been done and shows how much he understands and and advances pro wrestling. And that's what this match, like the way he doesn't give a fuck, the way he like, this is how you put someone over. My name is yeah. Ric Flair. I'm going to show you how to do it. And it's like he did that time and time again, you know? And There's it's a, like... Go ahead, sorry. No, it's like we all know the woo and everything, but it's like, dude, the guy is just like there is no professional modern professional wrestling without Ric Flair. Yeah, and you put it nicely, like, or you put it like perfectly that he's become a caricature of himself. But this match, one of many matches that shows you why he's number one on people like Shawn Michaels' list, Triple H's list, Batista. Orton, and you can go down the list of everybody who's somebody in wrestling that revere know why Ric Flair is revered. And the guy just puts it puts wrestling and the sport on another level. Like that's why he said he's the greatest to do it. And that's why people say that. And it shows right here because he Kerry Von Eric had a lot of momentum coming into this, but Ric Flair shot him into the stratosphere, I think. I a hundred percent agree. And it's like you know, I was looking at some stuff earlier. And again, everyone check this, check this match out. Go watch the movie. Uh, read some of the articles about it. Appreciate like what all of this was, especially if you're like a modern day wrestling fan, because right. this is this is the foundation that modern day wrestling is built on. But it's like, you know, I watched a bunch of shit about like basically everyone's just like I'm not everyone, but a lot of people are just like WrestleMania, Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels, greatest wrestling match ever. And like they're they make a good case for it. They do. They do. You know, and I don't know if it's like I feel that way enough, but like when you go back and watch that match, when you're in the moment, you're like, that this is might be the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen. Yeah, seriously. Especially if you recognize the fact that, like, 
Ric Flair thinks Shawn Michaels is the greatest wrestler of all time. Right. You know, and it's like, but Ric Flair, you're the guy that can never be removed. You're the, you know, it's like in softball, you get the first strike. You're, you're the first strike. Before anybody gets a Mount Rushmore, you're already on there. Uh-huh. You know, and this, that's what this match just made me think. Like, no, I, I agree with that 100%. But yeah, everybody, um, if wrestling fans new and old, should check this match out because it's good. You can find it on YouTube and definitely check the movie out if you want to know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on the internet about the Von Erics, and I think the movie has gotten nothing but good reviews. So definitely go check it out if you get a chance. Yeah, MJF is a producer on it. Zach yeah. Efron's fucking ripped. So. But um, what are you watching besides wrestling? Man, not a lot. We've been just working through Christmas movies like we've talked about the last couple of weeks. Sophia or the prodigy has been um watching this like show called 101 Dalmatian Street on Disney Plus. And I like these Disney anim they have this like kind of genre of Disney animated movies that are a little bit more aggressive, like how it's drawn and the kind of some of the jokes and subject matter so she's been really watching that which means i've been watching that but um yeah man just trying to catch up on the wrestling uh nba obviously lakers scuffling a little bit after their uh incredible in-season tournament win first ever lebron james mvp just insane we got a good win against uh oklahoma city tonight um but yeah it's been all just trying to like it's crazy the holidays are great and love your family but man they create some stress that's for certain it's because of capitalism it has become because of capitalism um you know for me and my job it's also because like you lose days like oh we get these holidays and the holidays are great and i love the holidays and it's part of your conversation i love it but like if you have a lot of work to do to lose two days in two weeks is a lot. You're like, I only have 10 days. And I'm going to lose four. Like I got to make that shit up somewhere. And that's what's stressful. Yeah, I get so, it. Get it. And because like I'm in the industry where we don't get like, it doesn't matter if there's a holiday or a weekend or not, you know, we still yeah. work. It's a day that ends in Y. And if you're, yeah, on schedule, so, you're on the schedule. So like those days I work, those are days that I don't really get to do my preparation for the holiday. So I got to be smart and do my shit. Like, any minute I can. So I totally get you, get you on that part. But um, I've been watching this new show on Max called Bookie. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. Two episodes deep. I like it so far. It's pretty good. It's funny. And it's like, brings back a lot of memories. Uh, <laughs> and then um, we finally got to see the Barbie movie. Um, Janine hated it. I didn't think, he, I thought it was just okay. But I I can see why people liked it, and I can see why people didn't. But like I'm um, I'm in the middle about it. I did like yeah. Ryan Gosling in it though. He was. What about what about Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell was good. Will Ferrell was good. But it's just like I I'm, I watched it. I'm glad I saw it. I'm not gonna watch it again. Let's just put it that way. But yeah, um, I have not seen it. Um, Betty Rebel took the prodigy, they went and saw it. Um, you know, I so mean, I don't know. It's, they liked it, like, you know, they they got value out of it, they enjoyed it. So, 
you know, it's a fucking movie. Everybody gets something different out of a movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not hating or I'm just like saying I'm indifferent about it. Like I thought, it, I thought it was okay. It was okay, but that's I. I guess it wasn't directed towards my demographic anyway. So it's not like that. My opinion on it really has substance. But what the the half black, half Asian uh, yeah. host of a wrestling podcast <laughs> demographic? Exactly. No, there's probably not very much things other than like baby metal uh that are specifically marketing to you you know serious that's yeah um i thought it was too long that was one of my like um i feel like a, a lot of movies are too long but then it's like they could have ended it like a good 45 minutes before like you know that's just what i got out of it they could have gotten all that in like quicker i feel that way because we watched uh we've been saving we watched a christmas story today you know, classic, gonna classic. shoot your eye out, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, God damn, this movie's really there's so wow. many like there's it's like, oh, there's the there's the scene with the Santa, and there's a scene with the sticking the tongue in the pool. Yeah. There's a scene with uh beating the kid up, and there's the scene with the, you know, I'm like this is a long ass movie. <laughs> but we I actually guess- watched uh we rented the trolls movie, the newest trolls movie, which is all like Justin Timberlake has long been the voice of the male troll. And so this one is all about like boy bands and it's pretty funny. Um, So, and again, the prodigy liked it and anything we can get her to do to not watch YouTube. She just wants to watch fucking people watch play Minecraft. Dude, that's what kids like. They want, they like watching kids play. It's weird. I I noticed that when I, (laughs) Well, I I knew some people. I have some friends that had kids like way back in the day, and I'd come over there. Hey, dude, do you you want to watch me play video games? I'm like, no, I'll play with you. They're like, no, I wanted you to watch me. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. No, <laughs> but it's a thing. Like people that Twitch makes, streams. It's, like it's, it's crazy. Yeah, they watch people play. It's, yeah, but it's so I mean, odd. You know, we watch dudes in speedos. I guess cosplay I guess. being superheroes. I guess, but. Yeah. That's true. But I mean, I guess like I've been just stalling, to be honest. To be what? I was just stalling all of this talk. I've been stalling because I don't really want to get into offsides and delay of game. I don't want to get into it either. Like, I just feel we like have it's to great to walk out. I know, but we have to. The Cowboys laid the biggest, uh, the second biggest egg of the season. Third biggest, right? Losing to the fucking Cardinals is inexcusable. Yeah. But they played the exact same game against the Bills they did against the Niners. Yeah. Which was like, we can't do anything right. We're going for number one pick. But like, you're not. You're 10 and you like. And then the fucking fact that the Eagles lost the Hawks, us beating the Bills would have been like. I know. I know. You're. It's just all, all these missed opportunities. Missed, constant missed opportunities, man. And, and it's just like. And we hear this goddamn, if you're out there, our cowboy fan, we've heard this song over and over and over again. And frankly, I'm fucking tired of it. This is where, this is the last straw. I've had it. I am not investing anything else into the Cowboys unless they prove me wrong. I, I, think, yes. that's, I think that's all I'm going to get. The only Super Bowl win that I'm going to get when I was like nine and 10. Like, that's it. Or 13 was the last time they won a Super Bowl when I was 13. 
Yeah, man. And I don't want a 12 win team to lose in the first round of the playoffs. No, like, that's this make- I'd rather you be an uh, eight and not and we're at 17. So nine and eight teams squeaking into the playoffs and lose to the best team. At least then you're like, hey, you're you weren't that good, but you showed some heart. You did something. This exactly. one's like you're really fucking good. And you guys just can't get your head out of your ass and execute on the road. They're just such an undisciplined team. Like they're so undisciplined. And that's and then now, because I have no confidence in them beating Miami. So, you know, they're, they're going to have, they're going to be the fifth seed and they're going to have to play every single playoff game on the road if they want to make it to the Super Bowl. And yeah. this team and the, that we yeah. have right now can't do it. The worst thing is they're going to win the first round of the playoffs because they're going to get to play the worst conference winner on the history of the planet. Anybody who comes out of the, the South is terrible. So yeah. cool. And they're probably going to get to play in something like if they play in, New Orleans, it's going to be like a home game. You know, and so they're going to win. Everyone's going to be like, Dallas won on the road. They're back and they're going to get waxed. Waxed. I swear to God, they lose to the Niners again. Like, that's just terrible. Dude, if if they get out of the wild card and they go on to play the Niners, I'm not going to be watching that game. I'm just not going to put myself through that. There's just no way. Because you can't just turn it on. You can't just like, oh, you ha- they've, they've been not able to stop the run for like the past five years. And you can't just all of a sudden be good. Miami has Achan and Moser. They're going to run all over them. They're not even going to have to worry about Tyreek Hill. <laughs> well, that negative energy doesn't help anything. But yes, I don't, I don't disagree with the analysis. But Miami's laid some eggs. They they beat Miami if the cow, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't think they're beating the Niners, period. No. They're fucking good. The Niners are I think really- they could beat the Eagles. I don't think anybody is in the class with the Niners. No. Period. No. I would love to see a Baltimore Niners Super Bowl. That's probably what it's going to be. I hope so. I hope it's not the Chefs. They suck, and they're terrible to watch. No, the Chefs will get waxed by the Niners. Oh, dude, the Dolphins will lose by 50. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously. No, but I want to see Lamar. I want to see Purdy. I want to, like, I don't like the Niners. I'm not rooting for the Niners. But as far as just, like, if I have to watch a Super Bowl game, the two teams right now that I would want to watch, probably Baltimore versus Niners. Well, we're going to get a preview of that on Monday. I know. Christmas Day. Ravens and Niners. Like that. That could be the preview of the Super Bowl, and hopefully it's a good game. So, But how much do you hold back, right? Like, they're both number one. They're both number one by a bit. Like, how much are you going to really show? You know what I mean? Like, That's it's true. It's so weird because at one point you have this, you've got like, I don't know, almost 20 teams, it seems like, who are like, every game is a playoff game. Like, you think about the Browns, Bengals, all of these teams. And then it's like at the very top, they're like, shit, we may face these guys in the Super Bowl. Like how much, how much is the Niners going to show? You know, it's going to be interesting. Right. But the best case scenario is the Cowboys just get some business done. Let's have some workmanlike wins. We don't need to score 40. We just need to win the game, move on, get into the playoffs, some momentum, and we'll see what happens. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you look like he, listeners can't see this, but I think he just vomited in his mouth a little bit. So. <laughs> I don't know. It could be worse, dude. Your dad roots for the commanders. But like, that's the bad part is they could, because I'd rather do them just suck. And I'd be like, oh, they just suck. That's fine. But then they just pull us along this year and then they turn into pumpkins like every single year. It, it gets tiresome. So tiresome. Who uh, we talked about a little bit last week. Um, who's going to be the coach to replace Mike McCarthy if they don't win? Or is this going to be Jason Garrett 2.0? I don't know because like I used to want Dan Quinn, but I'm thinking his defense is not that good or our players aren't good enough to execute. So well, there's, there's injury. There's been some injuries. I mean, cause we don't have granted. We don't have Trayvon Diggs. We don't have DeMar. We're thin at linebacker. We're missing two linebackers on Ehrlich or um, yeah. And right. Vander Esch and Vander Esch, That's right. And uh, DeMar and Overshone. Uh, he, so, you know, I, I'm not mad at Dan Quinn. I feel like his defense has continued to perform Considering those are big losses, I, I mean, like, can't stop the run. That's like, but I think is, but is that like the only reason why the other team stopped? Is that a, on them is because they a were beating them so bad. Decision though, where you're like, we're going to bring pressure off the edge. We want to get after the quarterback. If you run on us, that's fine because statistically speaking, we'd rather you run than drop 50 you know i don't know like that's where football is now right like because they've got awesome they they get after the quarterback man yeah it's just like when they play teams that are more physical than them and they they don't know how to like they don't know how to fight back after getting punched in the mouth they just kind of like quit that's what i've noticed in all three of those losses that's your three because they played the eagles well that's a great observation and i think that's like I don't feel like Mike McCarthy's a tough guy. No. You know what? I'm not like, I don't think it like, I'm not, I wouldn't be mad if like a Mike Tomlin becomes the coach. Like. We got to get someone like doing the that. head coach. Who's going to lead the team. And then we need coordinators who are going to call the plays. I don't understand why I'll like a head coach who calls the defensive plays. That's that's San Diego. How'd that fucking work out? Right. Like there's a hierarchy, dude. Like I am the head coach. I lead the team. I lead the coaches. We are the coordinators. We call plays. We do strategy. And then it all works together. Right. Like, but we, people have gotten away from that. Coaches are too powerful. They demand too much shit. They want to be the GM. They want to be the offensive coordinator because they got it all. And all of that shit doesn't work. You know, what works like, and that's what I feel like I love about the dolphins coach. He knows what his role is. So what do I do? I make everybody happy to be at work. If everybody's happy to be at work, everyone's going to do their jobs well. And the GM has hired all these people to do their jobs. Makes fucking sense. But we're yeah. not doing any. We're not doing any picks today. I'm done with picks. Yeah. Football is. We're too close to the end. It's too fraught. I mean, except for the fact that. I mean. Are people disappointed that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be coming back? I don't think so. I think. I mean, I think if only they were in playoff contention, he would have come back. He would have came back if they were in playoff contention, yeah. And he's still the fastest healer in the face of the planet. God, he, Even he, though he doesn't have to come play. But he was ready to play. He was ready. 
if if they were if they were in it. Yeah. Good yes. riddance. Good stay, riddance. Stay bad rubbish. You can stay gone. Yeah, but that's all we have to talk about football. Football is uh sore subject right now. It's heartburn right now. Yeah. But what's not heartburn is getting in the gorilla position, working this fucking aggression off. With I know. I feel like at the WrestleOctops, the gorilla position is literally a DJ station. And you're like, let's do this. Seriously. So what do you, what do you, we'll start with you. What are you walking out to? Oh man. I love, love, love this find that I got. You, when you listen to it, you'll know I, I, uh, I played it for uh tiny Van Rensselaer today. The band is called one day as a lion. This band is basically comprised uh, from 2008 of, uh, uh, I don't know. He's the lead singer of a band called Rage Against the Machine. What's his name? Oh, Zach De La Rocha. And the drummer from Mars Volta. And the band is called One Day as a Lion. And this song is called Ocean View. And I like all the songs they have. This is the one I picked I thought would be a cool walkout music. But I was definitely happy to hear this um, band. Thank you, Spotify. Thank you for the algorithm. You can all check it out right now. I love it. It's cool. I love it a lot. It's it's been my jam. Although I will have to say, um, I've been listening to a lot of Lorna Shores. Yes, and um, one of the ones I've been liking the most is off of their. Um, I think it was what twenty twenty the. Uh, uh, pain is uh, remains. Yes, the last the I was called the pain remains saga. Yeah, last three songs. The last three, yeah, they're so good. They're so how incredible is that? It's amazing. The first the first half the album sometimes with his screaming makes me sick to my stomach. One hundred percent, like it's like oh like oh it's like when you watch somebody like uh we watch like Tosh Point and somebody like breaks their ankle you're like oh god yeah yeah serious that's how is that's sometimes how his screaming sounds but the last three songs are phenomenal um so i just want to call that out like yeah i was listening to that um band that you played once of the lion what is it called what 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 is a lion is that the name of the band one day is a lion one day is a lion i was i was listening to it while you um were talking pumping it up so i heard a little bit of it i could definitely get into that yeah, the like 
it's just weird. It's like I thought it was like I would never have you. I never would have thought that Zach De La Rocha and the drummer from Mars Volta had a side project. Yeah, n- not in a million years. So yeah, I like it. It was cool. What are you coming out to? Well, this is um another one off my well because all I've been listening to really is Lorna Shore, and I didn't want to put two of them on like back to back. So um I've been listening to my 2023 playlist when I'm not listening to Lorna Shore. So this is a song by another band from Japan called Bratz, all caps. And I don't know the title of the song because I can't read kanji, but um it's on there for you to click it. So you can check it out right now. Something in the water over there with these female Japanese metal slash punk bands that are just like jamming. They're just rocking, dude. Well, let's just say that one of my top top uh, next week when we go through our best of the year. There is some uh, Japanese influence in my top list. I haven't decided exactly who I'm going to pick. I definitely have to listen to this song. I'm going to count everything from this week into next week's but uh, my top six definitely include um i'm just gonna say it mute monster love it love it so um we gotta go through our like awards of the year too next week i know most improved male female tag team wrestler of the year tag team of the year big show next week it is it is and it's great because we don't have to we're not going to talk really about any wrestling it's going to be all cool shit the whole thing is cool shit the whole thing is cool shit so you have to look forward to to that and on that note since we can't top that yours truly xander hobbs ours truly in this life bobby b and always especially during the holiday season we're reminding you to show empathy protect the environment defend animals and support the wrestleocalypse booyakasha Big red lobster man, let's pop him in a bunny.